we're here to encounter God. No other reason, no other purpose but to encounter God. In fact, our whole life should be orientated and aimed at encountering God. What greater purpose or reason or function can you have but to encounter God and to be in his presence and to dwell there and to have him resource you and enable you to to live your life in the midst of his greatness and wonder and joy and the recognition of who God is. In Psalm 8, which we're going to be looking at tonight, wonderful psalm, it says to verse 9, It says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of your children and infants. You have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers of the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So it praises God, but also describes our identity. Can you find your identity in that psalm? Can you see who you are? He said, you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. That's amazing, isn't it? To be a little lower than the angels and to be crowned with glory and honor. Why would God do that for us? Why does he want to crown us with glory and honor? But that's how he sees us. That's how he's created us. That's how he's created us to live with his glory and honor. You made them rulers over the work of your hands to rule for God's honor, God's glory, God's kingdom, God's purpose. We don't always think of ourselves as rulers, do we, of children of the king? (laughs) Called to serve him, our royal identity, to bring his kingdom and purpose on the earth, to rule over the flocks and the fields and the earth, to bring... God's kingdom, God's rule, God's purpose, God's love, God's identity into our world. If we don't do it, who else is going to do it? If we don't take charge for God and rule for God, who else is going to do it? (laughs) If we don't understand our identity, how can we live in the purpose that we've been created for? But sometimes we don't live in our identity because we don't know who God is. And sometimes God has to remind us who he is. And he said, the, the psalmist says, that, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. And he used this psalm sometimes in the Feast of Tabernacles. And it will be happening in October this year in, in Israel and in Jerusalem. And the, the, they remember the time when the people didn't have houses to live in, when they were a time of, of, uh, in the desert. And they had temporary accommodation. <laughs> and, um, but they had God's provision. That even though they didn't have shelter or homes or a land to call their own, they had God and God provided for them. Even though things seemed hopeless, God provided. 
Even when they're hungry, God provided. And so it celebrates God's provision for the people of Israel as they traveled through that desert into the promised land where they would have homes and farms and milk and honey in God's blessing. And so even today, the people of Israel, as the time would have written this psalm, they build temporary huts and they get um, palm um, trees and palm, palm leaves and such things and they build wood and temporary shelters. It's a bit like places in Sao Paulo, really. That's <laughs> And they, um, they build these temporary places and, and some people, they stay in their houses, but some people actually go and dwell in them and they're not very well made. So if it rains, the rain comes through and drips on your head. And if, if, this, if it's nighttime, the stars are out, you can see through the, through, through, through the temporary roof and you can see the stars. So you can imagine lying there thinking about God's provision and looking at the stars and just thinking, how amazing, how great, how awesome. It's our God who created this whole universe. And who are we before him to question him? To bring our judgment, our wisdom before God's word and God's proclamation over us. Then we see that with, um, with Job. He, he was feeling a bit down on himself, Job, and he was having a bad time and a bit of suffering and pain and all his friends were coming in saying, why don't you just give up? And his wife tell me to curse God and die, you know, that's it. So Lucia hasn't done that to me yet, so that's good. So um, you know, it's the time of suffering and, and a bit of doubt. And then his friends are coming and Job's thinking, right, what's going on here? Where's God in this situation? And then God comes in, in verse chapter 38 and the Lord speaks Job out of the storm, he says, "What is? Who is this that obscures my plans? Who is this that obscures my plans? With words without knowledge, brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Were you there when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footing set? Or who laid its cornerstone?" While the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors and, and when it burst forth from the womb. When I made the clouds its garments and I wrapped it in thickness and darkness. And when I fixed limits for it. And God goes on and on and on and on and on about how he just created the universe and done everything. And, and why do you stand before me who created everything and you can see everything that you have. The breath that you, the breath that you breathe. The words that you speak, the brain that you have, the body that you have, the, the, the food that you eat, the sky that you live under, <laughs> the ground that you walk on, the earth that, that, that goes around the sun was my creation, my purpose, what I put into place. And you question my plans and my purpose without knowledge or understanding. And it goes on and on and on and on. I wouldn't like to be in job, really. It's kind of a long kind of, kind of a long correction, really. <laughs> Get in line with my plans, you know. Better understand who I am as God. But that's nothing wrong with that, isn't it? Isn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing if God came out in the storm and told us off and say, "Come on, Gary, know who I am. Understand who I am. Understand my greatness." Understand why I'm worthy to be praised. Understand who I am, the Creator of the universe. Wouldn't that maybe just sort out our day? 
how would that change us as worshippers? How would that change us as people who pray and contend for God's will? How, how would it make us as people who actually question our own knowledge and understanding and say, do I really understand anything? Do I really have any knowledge? Does not all understanding knowledge not come from God? So should I not trust in his word and his spirit to give me knowledge and understanding? And then God says in chapter, chapter 40, he says, Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? <laughs> Will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? We, can, we do contend with the Almighty sometimes. I don't know about you. Do you contend with the Almighty? Sometimes I go, why God? Why God? <laughs> why this happen? Why, why, why are we here? Why are we going through this? Why this situation? Why now in this time of my life? Why in this circumstance? Why suffering? Why pain? Why? There's times we contend over some things. And I'm sure you've wrestled with God in circumstances and things and said, God. But there's something that when we contend with God, we've got to say and submit God. Although I'm contending with you, your will be done. <laughs> your purposes be done. I just have to go the plan you've got for me in the direction that you're going, whether I contend with you or not. <laughs> I may not like it, but you're Almighty God, and that's what you do, and that's where you're going. And I can't correct you because you have the knowledge and the understanding of your plans and your purposes, and I'd rather be in your plans and your purposes and suffering than be outside of your purpose and plan and watching EastEnders. <laughs> cup of cocoa in a newspaper and forget God's plans you know. I'm not going to contend with God anymore I'm not going to correct you actually I'm just not going to do anything with you anymore <laughs> I'm just going to get caught up in my own world and my own thing and you can go on God and let the world go around but we contend with God but we know that God's will and plan is purpose we don't accuse God Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. Brace yourselves like a man. I will question you. You shall answer me. Will you discredit my justice? Will you condemn me to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's? Can your voice thunder like this? Then adorn yourself with glory and splendor and clothe yourself in honor and majesty. Unleash the fury of your wrath. Look at all who are proud and bring them low. Look at all who are proud and humble and humble them. We have an awesome an incredible God and this psalm challenges us to, to look at how great and amazing our God is and who we stand before him and we look at the creation we look at all around us we go who am I to correct and question God <laughs> I can ask him why but God I've got to say your will be done and then he says you have set the, your glory in the heavens and through the praise of children and influence you have established a stronghold 
against the enemies, your enemies to silence the foes and the avengers. I would love to cover more of the psalm, but time's going on. But I just want to have this last point, which says, you know, the praises of children and infants. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. In this psalm, it's saying there's something powerful even in the praises of children. <laughs> that through the praises of children, the strongholds can be made against enemies. Isn't that amazing? What happens when we get our praises right? <laughs> and we start to praise and, and we start to build strongholds against the enemy when we start to say, God, you are with us, we're worshipping, you're praising us. And it's a, there's a wonderful new song that says, Raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. You know, that, that my weapon is a melody. My weapon is a song. My weapon is worship. Isn't that amazing that through praise and worship, even the children, that we can build strongholds and defences. We can make ourselves strong before our enemies. We can stand and declare that we are children of God. And so when we praise and worship, it's not just something that we come and do which is, which is nice, or it's cool, or it's my style. We're fighting a battle. We're fighting a war. When we, when we worship, we're saying to the enemy, you cannot take this land. You cannot have this place. You cannot have my life. You cannot have authority. This world does not belong to you. This world belongs to you. And we're declaring through our worship that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus rules, that he is king, that he has all authority and power on earth, and all authorities and principles will come under his feet. And the enemy doesn't like that. And the enemy doesn't want us to praise and worship. The enemy wants us to be asleep and dead in praise and worship. Because he knows how powerful it is. But we don't always recognize how powerful our songs of praise are. And so when we worship, we declare God's purpose and God's will. And as we worship and praise, we're building strongholds. Have you ever seen a stronghold before? <laughs> it protects you, doesn't it? You know, there's... From, from walls and, and battlements and other things. And, and in the past, uh, you would have, even, even in England in the past, when the, when the um, what do you call them again, the Vikings used to come through, they used to always pass by the strongholds because they didn't want to fight against the strongholds. They, they would, they would oh, sorry, I've <laughs> got a Viking here. So, you know, they would go and find somewhere that they could draw the people out of the strongholds to fight them because they know going against the stronghold, they would lose a lot of men. A lot of horses. And they didn't want to do that. So very, very rarely did people fight and come against a stronghold. And so the enemy doesn't want us to praise and worship because it doesn't want us to build a stronghold, doesn't it? Because when we build a stronghold, the enemy can't get access, can't get through, can't do its purpose, can't, can't come and, 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 and bring what the enemy wants to bring of darkness and evil and hate and anger. And so if the, if the praises of the children are so powerful, they create strongholds, what happens when we, who, are, who have an identity in God and know who we are, because the children are innocent, they just think God's God. 
God's amazing. God's incredible. I, I just worship this God. I haven't got a clue who he is, but I, I think he's powerful and wonderful, so I better give him something. So that's just the innocence of a praise of a child. Do you imagine the, the identity of a, of a royal child who understands who they are in God, who understands they've been created a little lower than angels? Of a, of a worshipper who understands they've been clothed in glory and honour? A worshipper that stands and says, who am I that God would consider me, that God looks upon me? When you start to take that identity upon ourselves that we're rulers, that we rule over this earth and this world, that we rule over the, over the fields and the sheep and, the, and all that is upon this earth, we rule over everything that God has created. When we have worshippers who, who no longer are just children who are taking strongholds, but actually when we identify as worshippers in this psalm and know who our royal identity is before God, then we move from our strongholds and we build bigger strongholds and we start to possess the land of the enemy and Take it and claim it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I remember God's provision. And God provides. And God brings all things. I remember how mighty and how wonderful He is. And we praise and worship and honor Him in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.